0: The following message is brought to you by New Song Church and Pastor Joshua Blunt in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. For more information on New Song, visit us online at newsongpeople.com. Salaries.com put together uh, what it it means to be a mom, and they kind of took everything that encompasses what, what being a mom is all about. And they, they, uh, they put together a salary based on that. So for a mom who, who is a housekeeper, a daycare center teacher, a cook, a psychologist, a computer operator, a laundry machine operator, a janitor, a facilities manager, a van driver, a CEO, for an average of 91 hours a week, the average mom should receive $135,000 a year. Any moms in here feel a little underpaid right now? Uh Well, we just want to honor you today because like that that video showed us, our moms do so much in our lives. And it's funny, every time I watch that video, it's funny, but every time at the end of it, it always kind of, you know, got me a little emotional because I would start to think about my mom and all the things that she did for me. And so today we want to begin the service by honoring the moms that are here and and praying over you. And we have a gift for you. It's not $135,000, but it's pretty good. Um, We have these little bath bombs for you as you leave today. It says, Mom is the balm. And as you as you walk out the doors, you will have these. And uh, this little ball, you take it, you put it in the bathtub. It smells good. It's supposed to relieve the tension and the aches and pains of your life and just make everything really good. So we have one of those for every mom in here. But beyond that, we want to pray for you today and uh, just pray God's blessing on your life. So if you're a mom, would you please stand up? Let's give these moms a hand. If you would, would you kind of reach out your hands and extend your hands towards these moms and let's pray for them together. Lord, we thank you for these mothers that are here today. Thank you for all that they do, all that is seen and all that is not seen. Lord, we we are so grateful for the mothers that you've given to us in our lives and for the women in this church who play this role in the lives of our families and our homes that is so vital and so important. Lord, your word says that we are to honor our father and mother. So today, Lord, we honor the position of mother. We thank you for it. We thank you for all the women that that step into this role and do it in a God-honoring way. We pray your blessing over them. I pray that you would fill them with joy, with peace, with energy, and we commit today as husbands, as people in these families to to do everything we can to make our moms feel appreciated
1: and loved. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, you moms can be seated. I also just wanted to just take a minute because I know that this day... uh, as happy and celebratory as it is, it can stir up some painful feelings in people that have lost babies uh, through miscarriage or uh, through stillbirth, or maybe there's people here that haven't had a baby yet and their heart is aching because they want a baby and they, they're just unable to get pregnant. It hasn't happened. And uh, I know for me, four years ago when we delivered stillborn, and then three years ago when that Mother's Day rolled around, I kind of, it caught me off guard that morning on the way to church. I I felt like I hadn't cried and and been upset for a long time. But that morning, our first Mother's Day without Felix here, it just got me. And that pain kind of stirred up again. So I know that as happy as it is for some people today, that it's also kind of a sad day too. And it, it, it brings those reminders back. And so I just want you to know that you're not forgotten today. And that we're thinking of you, and we're praying for you, and we're praying that this would just be an extra sweet Mother's Day. And and as I was thinking about this last night, the Lord took me to Nahum. Not a lot of times you're going to be finding a a scripture from Nahum for church, but Nahum 1-7 says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knows those who trust Him. You know, a lot of times at New Song, we talk about how we want you to know God, and we do. We want you to know God. But the thing that you'll find when you come to know God is that he knows you. It says that he knows those who trust him. And I just want to encourage you ladies. If that's you today and you're hurting. Maybe this is your first Mother's Day without your mom. I know this, this day for my mom is the first day, uh, the first Mother's Day where her mom's gone to be with the Lord. Whatever it is, whatever sorrow you're feeling today, whatever pain you may be dealing with, know that he knows you. He knows your struggle. He knows the pain. He knows your dreams. He knows your desires. And he's there for you today. And I, I just want to know we've prayed, but if you would just bow your heads. I just want to take a moment to pray for those who may be hurting today. Lord, I thank you that you are our comforter. I thank you that you, your word promises us, Lord, that Jesus came to, to turn our, our ashes into beauty. I thank you, Lord, that for those that are hurting here today, that you would just comfort them like only you can. You'd comfort them in such a powerful and real way, Lord, that they would be able to comfort others the way that you've comforted them. Thank you, Jesus. I pray that you'd help every woman here know that you know her. You know her desires. You know her heart. You know what's, what's causing her to, to feel sad this morning. And I pray that she would just feel you wrap, wrap her in your arms this morning. And love on her like only you can. We love you and we praise you and we thank you that you turn our mourning into dancing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Let's give moms a big hand. (laughs) All right, if you have your Bible, open it up to Matthew chapter 15. And uh, today I want to talk to you about the love of a mother and how we can relate the love that we see in a mother to the love that that God has for us. Now when you think about God, most likely for most of you, uh, the images that kind of come to mind are kind of masculine in nature. You know, we, we hear that God is our Father. We think of Him as a Father. In fact, when Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 6 how we're to approach God in prayer, He said we go to God and we say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So most of us can relate to God from this, from this understanding of a Father, of God being like a Father. He wants, to, he wants to help us. He wants to meet our needs. He's a good Father. But, but I don't know that all of us necessarily see the connection that there is with God and, and the maternal side of God. And what's interesting is when you begin to study Scripture and you begin to look at how God relates to His children in the Bible, uh, very, very often what you'll see is that when God's talking about how He relates to and cares for His children, He does it from a maternal side. He does it from a motherly side. I want to show you some of this in Scripture. Uh, Isaiah 66, verse 13, this is God talking here. He says, uh, As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. Now, I have a wife who loves our children and uh, she, she cares for them in a great way. And she loves to comfort them when they're hurting, when they're, when they're sick, when they're not doing good. She pulls them to herself and she comforts them and she cares for them. That's what a good mother does. And God is saying here that when he sees us as his children and we need comfort, that he wants to draw close to us. He wants to draw near to us. Hosea 11 verse 3, God describes himself as a mother again. He says this, I was to them like those who lift infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. So again, you think about who does that in, in, in the world that we live in today, who's normally the one caring for kids, especially in biblical times, who's feeding kids, infants, was gonna be mothers. So again, God relates himself to a mother. Uh, Hosea 13, verse eight, God describes himself like a mother bear. Look at this. Like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and tear them asunder. I don't know if any of you guys have seen The Revenant before, but the whole story is about this guy who gets in between mama bear and her cubs and he gets jacked up, right? Right? And and what God says here is that that's how I am with my children. I want to protect them. I want to keep them safe. You mess with my kids, you're messing with me. That's what God says. Look at this. Uh, This is Deuteronomy 32 verse 11, God describes himself as a mother eagle, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young. God spreads his wings to catch you and carry you on pinions. Again, the the eagle, the mother eagle is the one that stays with the nest, that stays with the eaglets. Isaiah 49, verse 15, God compares himself to a nursing mother. Can a mother forget her baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. And then lastly, Matthew twenty. Three And also Luke 13, Jesus talks about this idea of being a mother. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. Now, I say all these verses. I know it's a lot of verses, but here's what I'm trying to get at. Over and over again in Scripture, we see that when God is talking about the care that he has for his children, and this isn't even all those verses. This is just some that he talks about it from this idea of this relationship that a mother has and how a mother cares for her children. So today I want to I look at this, and, 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 and Matthew 15 is where I want to go to. So if you have your Bible, I want you to go there and look at this story of this woman, this Canaanite woman, and how she approached God, how she approached Jesus when she needed help. Now, let me just say this also to start off here. The, the picture here is that God is like a good mother, Right? But I know there's people in here today, and you did not have a good mother. I know people in this room, and I've heard your stories, and I've heard about how you were raised and how your mom was, and your mom did not fulfill the picture that God is referring to when he talks about a mother's love. You know, and Typically, we don't run into deadbeat moms as much as we do deadbeat dads, but from time to time, it happens. There are these moms that don't do the role that they're supposed to do. And so maybe you're here today and, and we're going to talk about the love of God and how a good mother should be and maybe you're having a hard time relating to that. Well, let me just encourage you. I think even if our mom didn't play that role, someone in our life did. Maybe it was a grandma, maybe it was a sister, maybe it was an aunt, I don't know. But, but I want you to, to hone in, even if you had a bad mom who didn't love you, I want you to see God the right way, and I want to show you what the picture of a mother should look like today. All right, so Matthew chapter 15, you guys with me? If you're with me, say amen. All right, verse 21, it says this, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to a region of Tyre of Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly. From demon possession. Now, let me stop right there, real quick. This Canaanite woman, something you need to understand about this woman, she has a problem. Her daughter, like she says here, is demon possessed, okay? How many of you know when your daughter's demon possessed, that's a problem, right? That's, that's kind of an issue. So she, she has this problem that she's needing help with, but she has another problem. She's a Canaanite woman. And, and the Canaanites and the Jews did not go together very well. The Canaanites and the Jews were ancient rivals. They used to have this big feud between the two of them. And, and at this time, they still don't get along well at all. The Canaanites and the Jews don't like each other. So if she's going to approach Jesus in this moment, she knows that there's a chance of rejection. She knows there's a chance that he's not going to pay any attention to her, that he may run her off, he may, he may cuss her out. She has no idea. But, but she has this problem. Her daughter is demon-possessed. And, and she cares so much for her daughter that she's willing to withstand any kind, of, any kind of rejection that may take place in order to get the help that she believes she can receive from Jesus. You guys track it with me? Okay, verse 23, look at this. Now, this is, this is interesting here. This is Jesus' response to her. She comes to him, she cries out. Look at how he responds. Jesus did not answer a word. Wow, doesn't say anything. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away for she keeps crying out after us. Now notice the disciples kind of give us this idea that this isn't the first time she's come, that she's been crying out. She's asking, we, we just see the one ask up front here, but there's probably been multiple asks that have come to the point that these, the disciples are sick of her and are trying to get her to go away. Uh, look at verse 24. He answered, and he answers his disciples here, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Verse 25, the woman responds. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me. She comes again. Verse 26, he replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Look at what she says. Verse 27, yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Everybody say great faith. faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now there's a lot to unpack in this, and I want to unpack it as best I can this morning. And I have five points for you that I think we see within how this woman approaches Jesus that point to how a good mom approaches the care that she has for her child, but it also points to the heart that God has for us. Okay, so if you're taking notes, point number one is this. The heart of a mom is caring. The heart of a mom is caring. In the face of being despised, she goes to Jesus and she, she seeks this help that she wants to get for him because her daughter is suffering. And notice what she says. She says, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, is she the one suffering from demon possession? No, she's not. But yet she asks that, that, that God would have mercy on her. Why? Because her daughter's suffering. She's suffering too. And you know, what we see there is this heart of a mom. You know, that's how moms are, right? We kind of all understand, I think, for the most part, that moms love on a different level than most people. Moms care for their children in a different way than most people do. In fact, there's, there's even statements that are very well-known in our culture, statements like, he's got the face only a mother would love, right? You guys ever heard that before? And what, what's that statement say, saying? Well, it says that, you know, that guy, one, it says that guy's so ugly, only his mom could love him, Right. But it also says, even if you're real ugly, even if things are really bad, your mom is still gonna love you, is what we understand. Because moms love at a different level. And so what, it, it kind of makes sense that, that with moms being this, this way of loving and care is so great that God would, would want us to see that as being a picture of how he loves for us. You see, a mom, what she gets to represent for us, a good mom gets to represent a visible picture of the love of an invisible God for us. Your mom, the role that she plays and the care that she plays in your life is a picture, an image of what God wants to be to you as his child. God has designed moms and the heart of mom to closely resemble what his heart is for us. So that when we look at our mothers, it helps us to understand his love for us. Now back to Isaiah 49. We read this verse earlier, but look at this again. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? So we're kind of asked this question that we kind of all know the answer to, right? Would a mom do that? A good mom, would she do that? No, she wouldn't do that. But then it goes on to say, though she may forget, I will not forget you. So what we're kind of told here is even a really good mom that loves her child, you know, she may forget some stuff from time to time, but God will not forget you. And one of the things I've noticed about the moms that I've had in my life, my mom and, and now Sarah, is they're really good at remembering stuff. They don't forget stuff very often. In our house, if we can't find something, we go to Sarah. For some reason, Sarah always knows where the remote control is. Uh, she knows where, where things are. She doesn't forget the children. Um, every week on Friday, I'm supposed to pick up Bo, my, my preschool daughter from school. And every week, she has to text me and remind me. And I need that text because for some reason, I cannot remember that I'm supposed to pick her up. And even if I do remember, she, you can ask her. I always have to text her and say, what time am I supposed to pick her up again? Because I never can remember. But my mom never forgot me at school. Sarah never forgets uh, our kids. Moms just have this way. They they think, they see things, they, they get it, they know, they don't forget. And yet, even a good mom, even like Sarah, she will forget stuff from time to time. But here's the thing about God. God never forgets anything. And that's good. You know, maybe you're here today and you feel forgotten. Maybe you're here today and you feel like maybe some of the things that that you've prayed and asked God for. Maybe you feel like those things have been forgotten or maybe God's so busy, he doesn't remember you. But I'm here to tell you that that's not, that's not God. He doesn't forget you. He, he, he sees you. He, he's watching you. He knows what's going on in your life. He hasn't forgotten those desires that he placed in your heart. He, he doesn't forget you. He cares for you in a great way. He cares for you like a mother, except in, even, even, in an even greater way. And his care for you is such that, that he cares for you in such a way that you can actually experience that care. In our house, when my kids get hurt or when my kids are not doing very well or they're scared, uh, they normally come running to one of us. And that one of us is, is Sarah, okay? When, when, they're, when they get hurt, they get a boo-boo, they go to Sarah. And it's not because I'm a mean dad. It's not because I don't care. It's just Sarah, as a mother, is better at expressing care to the children in a way that they can receive it. I, I care for them. I'm just not as good at expressing that. When they go to her, she makes them feel good. She makes them feel safe. She makes them feel comforted because that's just the heart of a mother. Mothers are good at doing that. And listen, today, maybe you're here and, and, and you, you have some hurt in your life. Maybe there's some stuff going on that's, that's difficult and hard and you need some care. I'm here to tell you that you're that God wants to care for you in such a way that you experience his care. That you experience the touch of God and his, his care ministers life to you. Mothers don't forget. Mothers care. And mothers protect we read that verse earlier about the bear. And I kind of experienced this in a small way the other day. We had our closer uh, women's event a couple weeks ago. It was an awesome event. And we were at this event center called Noah's Event Center. And in the outside of the event center, we had this area where we are going to have a little after party after the, after, the, after the women's night. And so when we get there, the lady that's running the place comes up to me and says, Hey, there's a, uh, there's a goose out there that laid eggs. And she's very protective of her eggs. In fact, she's attacked some people over the last couple of weeks. And I'm going, oh, great, this is exactly what we need. Okay, women, come on out for the after party. And then a bunch of women get mauled by Mother Goose, right? Like, that's, that's going to read really good in the newspaper. So me and a few of the guys thought, well, we'll just go take care of this. So we go out there and we start approaching this, this mother goose and uh, coming after her. And here she is, you see. We, tried, we started with the flamingo. We thought that might intimidate her. <laughs> Didn't work. So, so then we thought, you know what, we're just going to bow up to this thing and maybe it'll run off. And so we're bowing up to it and getting in its face like this. And she's just standing on top of her eggs with her mouth open, just going <laughs> like hissing sound. Like, you don't know fear until so you've stared into the eyes of a mother goose. <laughs> But she's, she won't budge. We, we have like a pole, and we're like and We're not going to kill her, right? We're, we know that. We're gonna, we don't want to go to jail over this. But we're just trying to freak her out, get her to move. And so we're swinging this pole. She will not move. She is locked into protecting her little eggs because she is a good mother, right? And that's how moms are. Like moms protect their children. They look out for them. They watch out for them. It goes back to Matthew 22 where Jesus said, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how often... I wanted to gather your children together as, he, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. That's, that's the heart of a mother. Mothers care. Mothers protect. Mothers are there for you. And, and you know, it, it sets my heart at ease to know that that's how God is with us. Doesn't it you? To know that he cares for us. He, he really does. He cares about what you're dealing with in your life. And he wants to help you. He wants to care for you. And so the next thing I want you to see here is number two, the heart of a mom is discerning. The heart of a mom is discerning. Now, we, we know this mom's heart is discerning and she's, she, in the story because she comes to Jesus and she says, my daughter is demon-possessed. So she sees something that, that maybe not everybody else can see. She could just see and think her daughter is crazy. She doesn't say, my daughter's an idiot. She says, my daughter's demon-possessed. She realizes something bigger is going on here. She can see that. And man, I I remember growing up, man, my mom could see stuff. Anybody else relate to this? My mom didn't just have eyes in the back of her head. She had eyes in rooms that she wasn't even in. Like she had this way. And I'm not just talking about she saw me getting into the cookie jar stuff. She could see stuff that I don't know how she could see it. Like I'd come home from school and maybe I had a bad day, maybe something happened. And I try to hide it from her, but I couldn't. Somehow she always knew Uh, she would come up to me sometimes and be like are you feeling okay and I'd be like yeah I feel fine and then two hours later I'm dog sick I didn't even know I was sick somehow she knew before I even knew that I was going to be sick she could just see it anybody else your mom was like this like moms can see stuff Sarah's the same way in our in our family like she'll come up to me sometimes she'll say hey I want you to watch this with Gus or watch this with Bo I've I've just been kind of noticing something and most of the time I'm going really I, I didn't notice that or someone on our team, hey, you might want to, you know, check with this person. I'm not sure how they're doing. I'm like, no, you're, they're doing fine. And sure enough, she's always right. Something's going on that I can't see. But listen, moms can see at a, at a greater level than we can. And here's the thing about God. I want you to know something. God can see you today. And, it, and it's not just, and here's what I want you to see. And this is huge. If you get nothing else, get this today. God doesn't just see you because he sees everything. God sees you today. Because he's looking at you. Because he's paying attention to you. He's looking right at you. He's watching you. And he's seen everything that you've ever dealt with. He's seen every tear that you've shed. He's seen every abusive word or physical abuse that's been done to you. He sees it all. And he pays attention to you. You know, Luke Luke chapter 12 says this. God never overlooks a single sparrow And he pays even greater attention to you down to the last detail, even numbering the hairs on your head. What we see in this verse is, yes, God sees everything, but listen, he sees you and he's paying attention to you. You know, one of the greatest things that you can give someone in this world is that you pay attention to them, that you look at them and you see them and you recognize them. And in doing so, what you're saying is, hey, I value you. I see you. I want you to know something today. Jesus God is looking at you. He sees you. He's paying attention. He sees where you are. He sees what you're facing. He sees what you're dealing with. He doesn't just see everything. He sees you. And because he sees you, know this, number three, he cares for you. Because the heart of a mom is helpful. He wants to help you. Back to this Canaanite woman, Matthew 15, 25. The woman came and knelt before him and said, Lord, help me. She doesn't just discern and figure out that there is a problem that her daughter's demon possessed. She then now begins to work to try to help her child because a mom wants to help their children. You know, I think it's kind of a shame that in our life, we don't realize how helpful our moms are until we don't have them anymore in the same way. Like not necessarily that they passed away, but that we maybe move out of the house or things change in our life. I remember when I got into junior high, uh, I began to work at this kids camp during the summer as a horse wrangler, and so because I was out there and I was away from my mom, I had to start doing my own laundry, and this was like a new concept to me, like this laundry, like I, I, you know, to that point in my life, I just take my clothes off, I either throw them in a hamper, or I just leave them on the floor, and then a few days later, they show up magically folded and smelling fresh in my drawers. It's just how things work, right? And now, this isn't happening anymore. Like, I have to do this myself. And all of a sudden, I'm like, I remember calling up my mom one day and saying, hey, you know, thank you for doing my laundry. I don't like doing this. And she was like, well, just bring it home, and I'll start doing it for you again, because that's how moms are, right? They want to help. And then I remember I got married to Sarah, and we moved out of the house, and all of a sudden, it's like, hey, mom isn't cooking my food anymore. You know, Sarah's cooking my food now. I don't really like the way she cooks my food as much. (laughs) She's good now. She's great. But when we first got married, it was a different story. Happy Mother's Day, sweetheart. Um, but, you know, you don't, you don't know what you have until it's kind of things change and it's different. And then you realize that. But, but understand, the heart of, of God is like this heart of mom. He, he's helpful. He wants to help you. Realize that today, please. God wants to help you. God's there to help you. But listen, you have to ask for the help. You gotta call out for it. And just like any good mother, if you ask for help, she's gonna help you. God wants to help you. You need to call out for it. okay? Number four, the heart of a mom is persistent. The heart of a mom is persistent. One of the things we see in this story is that this mom uh, was persistent in how she approached Jesus to get this help for her daughter, Look at verse 25. The woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. Look at 26. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Youch. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. So so you, we read this today and you kind of hear it and you go, man, like Jesus is kind of like, is it even okay for me to say this? But Jesus seems like he's kind of being a jerk here, right? Like he, at first he doesn't even say anything to her. He acts like she doesn't exist. And then when he finally does talk to her, he calls her a dog. And, and so you hear that and you think, man, Jesus is being kind of cold here. But let me let me help you understand. Let me unpack this for you a little bit so you better understand it. When Jesus calls her a dog here, there's two different Greek words. The New Testament was written in the Greek language. There's two different Greek words that can be interpreted dog. One of them is the word kaleb. Uh, kaleb is used in a more negative sense when referring to a dog. It's like a a mangy mutt that runs free in the streets. It's kind of eating trash and, you know, those dirty dogs that you see in, like, the third world country videos and stuff like that. That's the kaleb the Then there's the canarian. And this is more of a sense of, like, a household pet or even a puppy. And when Jesus refers to this woman as a dog, he actually refers to her as a canarian, which is a, a, a household pet or a puppy. And he's saying, you know, you're, you're like that. So you still say, yeah, but that still seems... Kind of cold. Well, let me understand what Jesus was doing. Jesus talked about how he came to minister to the Jews first, to his people first, to God's children. That's what he came for. That was his role, and so he's kind of approaching it from that perspective. Now, let me explain this in tying that into this. Okay, so me and Sarah, when we when we uh, got married, we had this little dog named Nora, and we loved our little dog. In fact, before we had kids, uh, that little dog was like our our child, and we had a whole personality that we invented for her. That was crazy, and, you know, don't, don't ask me about that. But anyways, we, we had this little dog. We loved her. We cared for her. And then we had children, and our children came along, and things began to kind of shift when we had children. And, and, and while we loved our dog, one thing that we never did is we never sat our family down for dinner and prepared, like, you know, if it's Taco Tuesday, all our tacos, or if it's spaghetti, whatever day. We never prepared the spaghetti and then brought it to the dog first, right, right? We would sit down as a family and we would give the food to our kids and then we would sit there and we would eat our food. And that's kind of what Jesus is saying here. Listen, I came; my mission is to come to to the Jewish people first. But look look what the lady does. She hears this and she comes back to Jesus using the same analogy and approaches him with this. Look at what she says, verse 27. Yes, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And I don't know about your house, but that's true for mine. In our house, We'd have food, and if any food fell on the floor, that was, that was open you know, for, for Nora. She could eat any of that food that fell on the floor. And so what this woman is saying to Jesus is, listen, I, I know who you are. I get who you are. She comes to him. She says, Lord, master, I, I, I get who you are. I'm not asking to sit at the table. I'm not asking for that. All I'm asking for is a little bit because I know you've got what I need. She, she, she's, she has this faith in Jesus, and she's persistent in how she's approaching him. Over and over again, she asks for help. Listen, that's the heart of a mom. Moms are persistent. Moms, if their children need help, they're gonna do everything they can. If they come against roadblocks, they're gonna continue to get their kid the help that they need, the health that they need, because that's the heart of a mom. A mom loves their child, and they're persistent to get their children the help that they need. But then number five, what we see with this lady is, the heart of a mom is full of faith. This mom had faith. And look at what her faith led to. Verse 28, then Jesus answered, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. There's only two times in scripture where Jesus said that somebody had great faith. One is with a Roman centurion in Matthew chapter eight. The other is with this Canaanite woman. This Canaanite woman knew who Jesus was and she knew that if she could just get to Jesus, and she could just get a little bit of what Jesus had. It could change everything in her life. And so her faith was for her daughter. Her faith was in Jesus. And because she had that kind of faith, she received what it was that she needed. Her daughter was healing. She stood in faith for her daughter. Her daughter was never even there. But she stood in faith for her daughter. You know, this week as I was thinking about mothers and studying and kind of going through this, I couldn't help but think about my mom. And my mom was an awesome mom. In fact, I'm sure my mom is listening to this right now, or listening to it at some point. It's right now for her. And I just want to say, Mom, I love you. Thank you for all that you did for me. But I think the greatest gift that my mom gave me was this gift of faith. That I saw in her this model of faith. And my mom had faith in me in two different ways. One, she had faith for me. My mom and dad, when they wanted to have kids, they went to the doctor, and they discovered that my mom had a had a problem. She had this disease called endometriosis. And that disease meant that she couldn't have children. The doctor told her, you will never have children. In fact, he said, you need to have a hysterectomy. And my mom went home from that and she began to pray and just talk to God. And God led her to a scripture. Psalms 113 verse nine. It says this, he, talking about God, grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. So my mom read that verse and she began to believe what the verse said, that the barren woman could be a joyful mother of children. So she began to stand in faith for that, for 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 children, and began to believe it, and she began to pray. And after a couple of years, she got pregnant. God healed her and she got pregnant. She had my sister, and then four years later, she got pregnant again, and she had me. And I exist today. I exist today because of a mom who had faith. If she wouldn't have stood like she did, I wouldn't even be here. My mom stood in faith for me and because of it, I exist. That's crazy. She had faith for me. You know, as I was thinking about that this week, I was thinking about the heart of God for his children. My mom had faith for children before she had children. You know, that's what God had for us. He sent Jesus, the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, that Christ died for us. Before we ever made a move, that God had faith for us. He had faith that we could become his children before we were his children. And so he sent Jesus to die for us to make a way so that we could become his children, so that we could exist. Before we ever made a move, God made a billion moves towards us. He has faith for us today, just like a good mom. But you know what else my mom had? She had faith in me. Growing up, I had this confidence and I had this great confidence in myself because my mom instilled that kind of confidence in me. She, she talked to me a lot about how God had great things in store for me, great plans for me. And I was special. And she would t- talk to me about this all the time. And I felt like I could do anything growing up. I felt like anything I set my, my hands to could prosper because I believed in myself, because my mom believed in me. She had faith in me. And I want you to know something today. God has faith in you. God has great things in store for you, great things that he wants to see you do. And if you're here today and you, maybe you've given up on some of the dreams of your life, listen, you can go to God and you can get the faith that you need. You can connect with him and he can put faith into you. He's given you his word so that you can find the faith you need to stand up and do whatever it is he's called you to do because he cares for you greatly. As I was praying over this message, God gave me something that I think speaks to why God gives us this image of the heart of a mother when it talks about his care for us. You know, you think about your moms. Moms have a way of getting in your heart, don't they? It's, it's interesting. You, you see these guys that become like college athletes, and their dads teach them how to throw a ball. Their dads teach them how to catch a ball. Then they get on TV, and what do they say? Hi, mom. Right? You, you, we also know in our culture, you don't talk about somebody else's mama, right? I mean, I can talk about her, but you talk about my mama. Right? You don't do that. Because moms, are, moms have this way of getting into our heart. And I want you to know something about God. God's desire is to get into your heart. He wants to be in your heart. So doesn't it just make sense that we would relate to him like we would a mother? That he would want us to see him and his care for us, like we do for a good mama, but not just a good mama—the best mama you could ever have. Now I know there's moms here today, and I felt like God gave me this word for you today. Maybe you're here and your mom, and you feel a little condemned. Maybe you don't feel like a perfect mom. You you, you know you know what your house can look like sometimes. You know what your life can look like, and sometimes you feel a little condemned over that listen, I had a great mom I had an amazing mom and yet my mom would be the first to admit she had her good days and she had her bad days like the day she was cleaning out my goldfish tank near the sink and she dropped my goldfish down in the sink and she went to flip the light switch on she hit the wrong switch you guys, do I need to say it? garbage disposal? yeah so my fish died still dealing with that now I'm not But listen, nobody's perfect, right? And none of you are going to be perfect. But I want you to know something. Maybe you haven't been perfect. Maybe there's things about who you are as a mom today and you go, man, I wish I was better at that. Today's a new day. I love this verse. This is Romans 8.1. It says, there is therefore now. Everybody say now. Say it again. Say now. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mom, even though you may feel like you are, I want you to know something today. You are not condemned by your messy home. You are not condemned by your lack of desire to homeschool your kids. You're not condemned by your Pinterest fails. You're not condemned by the fact that sometimes you just want to be alone. Amen, moms? You're not condemned by your children who are away from God. You're not condemned for not feeding your kids meals that were prepared with food that only came from Whole Foods. You're not condemned for not living up to the standards of your mother or your mother-in-law. You're not condemned by your miscarriages. You're not condemned by your inability to get pregnant right now. You're not condemned by your lack of desire to have more kids. You're not condemned by your inability to cook good meals you're not condemned because you're divorced. Even though you may feel condemned, if you are in Christ, you are not condemned today. That's the real reality of your life. So moms, today we celebrate you because you are a picture of the heart of God for his children. And we say thank you for all that you do. From the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for all of you do. If you would bow your heads and closure.